Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Alon Grinchmoon, CEO and co-founder of Echo3D, a cloud platform for 3D AR VR that's raised over $9 million in funding. Alon, thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you so much for the invite, Brits. It's pretty excited about this conversation. Yeah, no worries. So before we begin talking about what you're building, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Yeah, definitely. My best topic uh, to talk about myself. This is great. Alon, I'm the founder of Echo3D. We are a cloud platform for 3D applications. We basically help companies build AR, VR, and metaverse applications at scale. Very similar to if you're building a website, you can store images and videos on some remote cloud. And with us, you could store 3D models, animations, interactive content, and stream it everywhere in the world. I did my master's in computer science at Columbia University and undergrad in computer science and electrical engineering. So I'm a certified nerd and a big believer in the kind of intersection of cloud and 3D, AR, VR, and metaverse. And really started this company four years ago now, right after graduating Columbia. Nice. You mentioned Metaverse there. So I have to ask, what are your thoughts on what's going on with Facebook or sorry, what's going on with Meta and their, their <laughs> big push for the Metaverse? Oh, what a Freudian slip calling them uh, Facebook yet. I'm obviously a big <laughs> proponent of it. The fact that my grandma knows what a Metaverse is at this point is really great based on like Meta's efforts. I think the fact that they're pushing hardware to this extent is incredible, that you can buy a VR headset, something that is comparable to a console price-wise, and that every Black Friday or holiday season, these VR headsets are sold out. So I think it's a great, great shift. I think it's a great push. And the more companies kind of go that way, the better, in my opinion. And I think the data is clear. Like A lot of companies are pushing if it's like Apple adding a LiDAR scanner, literally kind of a 3D scanner to every iOS device. So we have companies like Google adding an extra camera that's basically another kind of AR way to interact with the world to every Pixel phone, I think is phenomenal. So all the big companies are really focusing on hardware, while a lot of users who are younger than you and me are actually fully embracing camera-first applications like Snapchat or TikTok. And they're looking at the world through their phone and adding AR filters on their face. So we're seeing the metaverse kind of emerge in front of our eyes. And I think it's really exciting. Were you cheering that, I'm guessing, when they changed their name to Meta? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's definitely obviously like a branding move, but it's a positive one. I think a lot of people want to understand that this is kind of a bigger vision than just like a social network, but rather mm -hmm. kind of a new way to interact with the world, a new way to kind of define experiences. I think about like 10 years ago, people will ask, what do you need the website for? And now it's obvious that people need websites for e-commerce, a personal blog. Five years after, I've seen people ask about mobile apps. Who needs a mobile app? And now we have it from like ride hailing to dating apps. So we went from web to mobile to now call it whatever, AR, VR, immersive, metaverse, this kind of new 3D technology. And I'm really super excited to see like what will be the defining use cases and what will be kind of the way that people kind of redefine interaction in this 3D space. Nice. I love it. All right. So two quick questions, just so we can better understand what makes you tick. So we'd like to begin with what founder do you look up to most and why? And always have to say it can't be Elon Musk since I got tired of everyone saying that when I asked that question. Yeah. So I really love the founders um, from both Roblox and Snap, Evan Spiegel, and from Roblox, I think David Boski. I might be butchering their last names, but 
really love, again, the fact that they really lean into the fact that people like interacting with the world through their camera or through a virtual world. I think Roblox is literally calling themselves a metaverse company at this point. And that's true. Like you have people coming into the digital space, having their own 3D avatar that basically represents them and interacting with others. That's metaverse. So you're not wearing a VR headset yet. Okay. I think that's something interesting that we're also seeing in Fortnite, that Fortnite is a game, but it's actually a social network, right? Like people just like jump in, they have their avatar that represents them, and they interact with others. So really appreciative of all these, again, founders who are just pushing this kind of innovative technologies to users. Nice. Very cool. And what about books? What book would you say has had the greatest impact on you as a founder? And one thing I like to say here, it doesn't have to be just a business book. It can be any book at all. Yeah. So the answer is definitely Five Temptations of the CEO by Patrick Dioni. This was actually recommended to me by one of our investors who led our first round. Super short book, like really kind of you can skim through it. But basically, it's really good for like CEO founders who want to kind of avoid pitfalls during the journey. And it's really digestible. Personally, again, it sounds like so cliche at this point, but like Ready Player One, this kind of (laughs) dystopian vision of like metaverse, I don't see that as dystopian at all. Fully subscribe to everyone wearing a headset, everyone meeting in VR, everyone meeting in this kind of digital world. I love that book specifically, but I haven't read the second one, so I don't know what that means. I mean, it's very on brand for you to say that as your favorite personal book. It it sounds strange if you didn't have that as an option. I know, but I'm not even like, it sounds like I'm thinking, but it's honestly not. It's true to heart. Like I think one of the most important things about founders is kind of founder market fit and the fact that you are really the person to build what you're building. And I am 100% drinking the Kool-Aid when it comes to AR, VR, metaverse stuff. So if it wasn't my favorite book, I think that would be... that would be Nice. We can hear the passion in your voice. So that's always good. Let's talk about what you're building now. So what's the origin story behind the company and what do you guys do? Yeah. So when I did my master's in computer science, I did this really cool augmented reality application for surgeries. We took CT and MRI scan, converted them into 3D models. I built this app that sits on an AR headset called the Microsoft Hollands. It's basically uh, smart glasses by Microsoft. And physicians would basically see the patient's heart floating above them during surgery. It was an insane use case. I scrubbed into like 12 surgeries at Columbia Medical. And basically physicians got this kind of 3D reference map of the patient's anatomy in real time. It was very cool, very fun. And the tagline was like AR and the OR. So you can know that if the marketing is good, it's definitely a good project. In order to achieve that, I actually had to do something I really hate. And that's waking up super early in the morning. I had to be at the hospital at like 6 a.m., take those 2D scans, convert them to 3D models, rebuild the application, deploy it onto glasses. And I was like, what is going on? I'm an engineer. What am I doing in an operating room? And if we want to take this project and work with Chicago Medical, do I have to fly out to Chicago every morning to swap out 3D content? That kind of didn't make sense to me. And when me and my co-founders kind of started looking into this, we saw, well, this problem was solved in 2D, right? You don't need to be a web developer to update a blog post or swap an image or video, just drag an image or video on the web like to a blog post and then it just updates. Or if you have a website, you can just update files kind of under the hood. So we realized, okay, so like 3D, you don't have that. And we interviewed people who are building 3D applications outside of the medical domain, doing stuff around gaming and advertising and training and e-commerce, everyone kind of said the same thing. There's no easy way to manage and deliver 3D assets. So we said, let's build it. And that's what we did. Basically created this cloud solution that is, again, really focused on 3D assets and 3D content management and allows you to kind of swap assets really conveniently. And then we launched it. And then we went through Techstars. They were the first to invest in our company. And we got grants from Y Combinator and NYC Media Lab and Verizon. And then we did the 
$1 million round and another $3 million round and another $5.5 million round with Qualcomm Ventures. And here we are today. Nice. That's amazing. And what types of companies are using the product? Yeah, so today we're really focused on developers, technical teams who can build applications at scale, and they're basically using some game engine or web or mobile to build a 3D app or an AR VR app. Today, our customers are ranging from marketing agencies that, again, have technical teams for building applications, or people who are building kind of metaverse solutions, and they use this to store and stream 3D models. Or another company in Brooklyn, for example, they do AR urban development. They upload really large 3D models of buildings to our platform. We convert a 500 megabyte building to five megabyte building, and bam, you can stream it to your iPhone. So a lot of what we do is kind of the kind of content processing on the cloud and allow you to really handle 3D content efficiently with ease. Got it. Nice. That's very cool. And one question for you based on my experience in the, the metaverse, I guess. So in yeah. October last year, I went out and bought a headset. I think as soon as Meta made their announcement and I played around with it and I got sick and puked. <laughs> How are they going to fix that? Because I feel like I can't be alone in that. Yeah. And I haven't put it on ever since because I was so miserably sick within like a minute. It was the fastest I've ever gone from feeling great to feeling like crap. So how do they fix mm-hmm. that? So first of all, there's definitely like my professor back in Columbia definitely worked on research that kind of negates cyber sickness. So there's a lot of ways to change that. One is like basically dynamically changing um, almost like the aperture, like the way you're looking at the world and kind of blurring the edges and stuff like that, or focusing um, just the places that your eyes are looking at. That's why you see like the Meta Quest Pro has eye tracking in it. So there's a lot of kind of technical and really cool technological ways to solve this issue. But I will also preface that a lot of the applications that you see today, even if you don't get cyber sickness in them, sometimes they're really static. You open an app, and then if you open it tomorrow, it's exactly the same thing. And that's a problem. Like the reason I go to like Twitter or Facebook is because I don't need to re-download the app to refresh my feed. I can get new content all the time. And that's still not the case in ARVR. But that's basically, again, like what we're solving. That you can change content remotely. The next time Brett opens the app and puts on the headset, they'll see new content. And that's something we're super excited about. It's going to allow the swap content. And hopefully swap it, you know, to content that doesn't induce... Yeah. Which is also some kind of thing. Like, think about it. If you're building an application and you realize, damn, from UX, UI perspective and 3D, which is kind of a new field, you know, my users are literally getting sick. Now, instead of rebuilding the entire application, maybe you can just push updates from the cloud and measure that sickness and change it. And I think that's the way to go, basically. Make apps much more dynamic and responsive to kind of user feedback. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so changing gears here a bit more, let's talk about market categories. So when it comes to market categories, I know this is a super new space. So is this a new category that's being built or are you transforming an existing one? Yeah, so definitely transforming. I don't think we're kind of reinventing the wheel here, to be honest. We're just repurposing it. Like people, again, did cutting edge for images and videos. Now we have 3D. But I think the challenges for 3D are so much more interesting because I don't know, if you're watching a video, for example, and your internet lags, what happens? It skips frames, reduces qualities. What happens in 3D? So in our case, you reduce the polygons, you can compress the textures. If I stream a 3D model of the city of New York to the palm of my hand, do I really have to stream every tab and every window? Maybe I can kind of reduce these things. So that kind of level of detail aspect that exists in 3D is a really interesting kind of technical innovation that we're bringing in. And also, again, just like exciting to, to think about this. How do you define interaction in 3D? How do you define content optimization in 3D? And these are a lot of the challenges that we look at. But I think in general, as a market segment, 
DAMPs, digital asset management, exist. We just do 3D DAMPs, basically 3D digital asset management. Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. So back in, I was just looking at the years, 2018, I did a project with a client who's in the Bitcoin mining space, and we brought a 3D camera to their facilities, and we produced this pretty epic video that you could put on a headset or go to YouTube and watch it and spin around and look up and down and look all the different ways and, and see everything. It was a cool video, but the quality was just complete crap of the (laughs) actual footage that we had. I can share a link with you after this interview. But has the quality increased that much in the last five years? Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, literally, your phone right now is an augmented reality device. And every iPhone, again, has a LiDAR scanner on it. So 100%, yes. Uh, We're also seeing, again, these new VR headsets. You have like 4K, 8K displays literally inches from your eyeball. So I think like there's no doubt about it. Like things have changed rapidly and the fact that consumer tech is still more advanced right now, it's kind of incredible. Nice. That's amazing. And good to hear it's it's progressing because yeah, it's pretty bad in 2018. It was a cool idea, but quality was just so horrible. Yeah. Well, 2018 was at, at this point with COVID and everything like a lifetime ago. So yeah, super excited to report that there's been a lot of headway in that kind of space. Nice. And what kind of traction have you seen in terms of numbers that you're okay with sharing? Yeah, so today we have over 30,000 developers on the platform and around 500 new developers registered every single week. This is really exciting stuff because, again, we're seeing that every developer is only a 3D developer, right? Building 3D applications or gaming applications. And it's super, super exciting to see how people are basically transforming existing use cases into the world of metaverse, into the world of 3D. If it's virtual stores or it's like kind of advertising campaigns or if it's try before you buy campaigns, really, really kind of cool, innovative stuff that, again, you're just limited by your imagination to thinking. And in our case, again, like I started out this kind of journey on the medical use case, but it seemed like this is kind of the tip of the iceberg. Nice. As I'm sure you've seen, the funding for developer tools is just exploding right now. And there's a lot of different tools. What have you done to stand out and you rise above all that noise and really attract that many developers? Yeah. So first of all, for the founders and the audience listening in, yeah, if you're choosing a good vertical that you're seeing a lot of people having success, this is great. In our case, too, like we saw all these companies like Segmented, Twilio, really doing an amazing job in developer tools. And then when you position your company as a similar kind of segment, that's great. So in our case, I think the uniqueness is definitely, again, the hyper-focus on 3D content. All of these developers out there or developers tools out there kind of allow you to be an API in for something, API for X, right? So Stengrade is an API for newsletters, Twilio API for text SMS, Segment API for analytics. Echo is an API for 3D, basically allowing you process converting compress. I think if you kind of, again, for the founders listening in, if you're trying to kind of build a developer first company, try to really well-defined what your API does and who does it serve. Nice. Very good advice. And when it's the market is obviously tough, what's been your greatest challenge and how did you overcome that challenge? Oh, so interesting. So because we're doing a lot of kind of, again, developer-focused stuff, the challenge is that developers don't like to be sold to. And the way you kind of go that is definitely kind of being a little more real and a little more organic. We do a lot of developer evangelism stuff around sponsoring Hackathon and going to where developers are in the wild, if it's Slack channels for game developers or our Stack Overflow kind of threads that are focused on 3D or GitHub kind of kind of projects that are focusing on 3D and gaming. We do a lot of Kanye marketing. Like you can go to Echo's website and find a lot of articles about AR and surgery, 3D and gaming, VR and advertising. 
And that kind of infers a lot of like the use cases that in this emerging tech, you want to get a better understanding of how you can kind of use them. And yeah, we also, again, we're super excited. We do a lot of kind of drip campaigns and we can see like really cool. If you look at LinkedIn right now, look at the world metaverse. There's so many people who identify as metaverse developers or like ARVR developers or like just it's suddenly, you know, these keywords that we discussed in the beginning kind of were suddenly kind of sprung it on us. Suddenly you see all these people using these terms. And the, and the more, if you look today or like a month, a month in the past, you saw let, kind of this insane growth in people who identify and use these terms on their bios, um, which is kind of a great thing um, for our industry because it means that kind of that segment of like 3D ARVR focused developers is rapidly growing. Nice. Makes a lot of sense. Last question here for you. If we zoom out into the future, what's the five-year vision for the company? And then also, where do you see this market five years from now? What's it going to look like? Yeah. So specifically for the company, we want to be that kind of AWS for 3D, that kind of go-to cloud solution that is really focused on 3D content. And hopefully every application is powered by Echo under the hood. You can use any platform out there if it's, again, Unity on the cloud provider. For the market in general, Again, I'm super hopeful from all the kind of hardware kind of innovation that we're seeing right now. Qualcomm is leading the charge with their kind of chipsets, specifically for kind of XR headsets. And I've been to a bunch of like kind of tech conferences and AR VR conferences. And you're seeing all these amazing companies just building the next iPhone, like the next AR glasses that people will have in the subway or kind of wear. And I'm super excited about that. Our stance here is just to, in a sense, not to bet on the horse, but bet on the track. I don't care which kind of device will be the best as long as they use our cloud infrastructure to stream data to it. Nice. And are there any use cases that you're especially excited about seeing come real in the next five years? Yeah, I think we're already seeing like really cool uses because we're getting that kind of bird's eye view of what people are actually using 3D for because we're seeing literally what 3D content people are streaming. So the big ones that we're seeing right now are gaming, e-commerce, kind of advertisement and marketing and training. So these are kind of the big force that we're seeing, and I'm super excited about all of them. It seems like a lot of people joke on Twitter, like gaming, the gaming industry right now is like recession proof. So that's really an interesting one. E-commerce is definitely one. I think, again, try before you buy. Product visualizations are such an easy an easy way to integrate. And the fact that you have all these, again, young users looking at the world through their camera, which is on Snapchat and TikTok, adding content to that camera is it's today is much, much easier than it was before. Nice. I love it. And do you think that we're going to live in a world where meetings are happening in the metaverse? Do you believe in that vision? Yeah. I mean, first of all, some meetings already do. Like we have VR headsets in the office and we kind of meet in the metaverse. But the thing about metaverse is the same thing with like phones. Like they don't, it doesn't have to replace them. It's not like if it, it will replace every in-person meeting, right? The same thing I still use like my laptop to do emails and the phone that could emerging didn't replace that. I think VR headsets and that kind of concept will empower or like bring people that couldn't be in person. Let's say you have a team meeting and you want a person on the other side of the world to kind of join in remotely so they can be in AR or VR and we can be in person and they can kind of chime in. Uh, it doesn't have to replace the entire experience. But I definitely think that, yeah, I mean, it's a prime use case that I definitely believe in like kind of remote work and collaborative tools. Nice. Amazing. Unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today. This has been a blast and I've really enjoyed our conversation. So before we wrap, if people want to follow along with your journey, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, this was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. If you want to follow Echo, definitely go to our website, which is www.echo3d.co. Or you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. Just literally Google Echo3D and you'll find us. Amazing. Well, thanks so much and look forward to seeing you execute on this vision. 
Thank you so much, Brett. I had such a good time. Thank you so much for the invite. All right. Keep in touch.